Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, a weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. And I'm the other guy, Jordan Dennis. <laughs> This week we will be discussing the winners of this year's Golden Globes and reviewing the new Disney animation Raya and the Last Dragon as well as the long-delayed Doug Liman film Chaos Walking. Before we get to all of that, how are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing okay, Kyle. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. That's today. awesome to hear. I'm glad to see you thriving, King. We're, we're back here talking about movies yeah, once again. You know, what, what we do best. Uh, speaking of movies, you watch anything... Uh, Anything good lately you want to mention? Did I watch anything lately? Well, uh, WandaVision finished. A WandaVision did finish. I've been uh, watching that. What uh, what did you think? I have mixed feelings. Yeah. I I was so into the first three episodes. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, this is so different from Marvel. This yeah. is something unique. They nailed those sitcom styles. Once it had flipped in episode four and showed us the outside, I became a little less interested yeah. when it started being more of a Marvel thing mm -hmm. and then it kind of trailed off i i ended up still enjoying the series i just don't think it's as great as it could have been fair um but overall a decent yeah. solid first effort i pretty much feel the exact same way i don't know i i guess it's a little harder for me to criticize marvel for being themselves because I, <laughs> I guess i didn't really expect it to not end up being just two cgi people punching each other like i knew full well that that's what this was gonna, was gonna end up with mm -hmm. Um, but still, yeah, I think there's a lot of good stuff there. Like you said, like the way they emulate that sitcom style. And I even think that still carries over really well into the episodes that are kind of more half and half the hex and half and half reality. I don't know. I just think these, uh, the characters and everything were, were reasonably compelling and stuff. And I especially like the way Wanda's arc, uh, wraps up that whole scene in the house where she's saying goodbye to the kids and... I saying, like oh, spoiler for WandaVision, I guess. Um, you know, this insanely popular show that everyone and their mom has been watching. Um, but yeah, like that scene where uh, she's in the house and she's saying goodbye to Vision. That that, that, uh, that got me a little bit. I uh, I can't even lie to you. But um, I agree. Overall, solid finish. I think it stumbles a bit at the finish line, but I, I think it sticks to the landing. I think that's that's pretty much how I'm feeling. For sure. Um, I watched that, uh, another new thing that came out I just want to mention really quickly. I watched, uh, Biggie, I Got a Story to Tell on Netflix. It was a new oh, documentary yeah. that came out. It's really good. Um, I guess my, I, I don't know if it really, uh, for someone who's uninitiated, I guess it would, it, it doesn't really tell me anything I didn't already know, but I think if you're, like, interested in that sort of subject matter or, like, his life and everything, it's, uh, about Notorious B.I.G. and everything, I think, yeah, definitely worth checking out. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to mention that real quick. I watched, um, we'll talk about it in, in a couple minutes when we when we go over the Golden Globes, but I watched Promising Young Woman. Oh yeah, how was that? I I liked it overall. I have mixed feelings on it. Mm -hmm. I think that Carrie Mulligan is great. Yeah, for it. sure. I think Bo Burnham is fantastic <laughs> I didn't in it. know he was in it. Yeah, he's the he's the love interest in it. Oh shit, okay. Um, they're both great. Every scene with them is the best scene in the movie. Nice. I think sometimes... Mostly towards the start and then trailing um, as it goes. There's there's some dialogue that tries too hard to be... 
it's a little too clever for its own good. Okay. And and some of it is so on the nose. And a movie like this doesn't require subtlety, but like, it's it, it like it's pushing it. It's trying a little too. Like it's winking at the audience a little too like, hard with just how douchey frat bro-esque a lot of the guys uh, are like some of the dialogue was so to be fair though have you ever met a frat boy before it's true it's, it's the true. worst it's true <laughs> but it's but it's with the dialogue that's almost winking at the audience like you see how bad men are yeah with, with like the uh oh uh, she's clearly asking for it like, oh, stuff like that and i'm gotcha. like i'm like okay you're like a little you're like pushing dial the, it back a little bit mm-hmm. okay there's cool. a this could be considered a, a slight spoiler so right here but there's a scene towards the end of the film and the music choice is so brilliant. Mm-hmm. She's like walking to someone's house. Uh, it's like towards the climax of the film. And the song that's playing is a very slowed down, creaky, almost off-key violin cover of Britney Spears' Toxic. Oh my god. And it's fantastic. <laughs> Whoever that did that, incredible. it's genius. It's it's one of the best things the in the movie. The greatest horrifying uh, violin cover of a song since I got five on it from, uh, <laughs> from us. <laughs> So overall, I think it's definitely worth watching. I've heard good things. Your recommendation will probably uh, make me actually go out and seek it out. Probably when it's a little cheaper. It's like a light seven. For yeah. Me. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, last movie I wanted to mention, uh, older movie, but I watched Unforgiven for the first time. The oh yeah. Cl- Clint Eastwood joint. That's uh, from 1992. Um, it's the shit. I fucking love that movie. I get people not liking it. Like I would understand if somebody didn't like it. It's a little slow. Not a whole lot. Like actually, like happens in it i would say but it's just as just like a character study of this like old outlaw and everything and kind of him like gripping with his you know mortality and everything and like his place in the world and it's all about like legacy and you know and all that um gene hackman is fucking fantastic in it it's uh yeah it's a good time obviously this is a really well-regarded movie so yeah yeah <laughs> so, I mean, yeah watch unforgiven hot take I, yeah i watched it years ago gotcha don't remember much about it but it's it, good it, shit you yeah. should uh you should revisit it yeah but let's get into our uh our actual topics for the episode you want to start with the golden globes let's start with the golden globes i thought they were solid overall there wasn't really a win that really like upset me or there wasn't like an egregious snub or anything i don't think I don't. I don't think so. Let, let's start with the the actor categories here. Okay. Um, so for for best actress in a drama, uh, Andrew Day won for United States versus Billie Holiday. I I didn't even know people like had seen that. I thought it, I'd I'd seen no. it was not getting like great reviews. I did. And stuff. I, yeah. I I think it's it's similar to. Um, Renee Zellweger winning for yeah, for just Judy. kind of completely out of nowhere. Like, I don't think the movie is that highly regarded, but I but think the, the performance, performance is, is that good enough to win. I mean, I I, you know, I can't really argue against it. So, I can't yeah. argue against it. I mean, I would have loved Frances McDormand to win for sure. I would have been fine with Carrie Mulligan winning. Yeah, the other two I have not seen. Mm-hmm. But I hear Vanessa Kirby is great in Pieces of a Woman and Viola Davis. I don't think has ever been. She's like one of she's never she's been one of the only people who's good in Suicide Squad. Okay, yeah. she's a, she's a talented actress. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, best actor, totally well deserved. Uh, Chadwick Boseman. I personally, I would have liked to have seen him win for The Five Bloods, but the fact that he was you know honored in in some capacity is still really nice to see. For sure, for sure. I've I've heard that Riz Ahmed is fantastic. Fantastic mm-hmm. in Sound of Metal. Uh, Gary Oldman, obviously really good in Mank. Anthony uh, Hopkins is Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, for sure. No, but uh, but it's nice to see uh, both of the winners, people of color too, which is which is obviously great. Yes, for sure. Uh, you saw I care a lot. I did which see Rosamund I care Pike a lot. One for what? Uh, what? What's your take on that? That seems kind of surprising. Rosamund Pike is great 
She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, she she has the, all that energy that she channels into her uh, personas, like in movies like Gone Girl. Yeah, for sure. No, she's a, a terrific a very, actress. A very toxic. She plays an awful person. She's uh, a terrible you, piece of shit. You mentioned it earlier, uh, not on the podcast, but uh, you mentioned uh, Shaun of the Dead, and it just made me think of her in that. Yeah, she's great in that. <laughs> but but she's she's excellent. Yeah, I, I have no problem with her I, winning. I, I'm glad she won and not. Kate Hudson for music. I'm honestly really surprised uh, Maria Bakalova didn't get it because mm-hmm. she was getting a lot of buzz around that performance. Yeah, I, I forgot Kate Hudson was even nominated. I would have been fine. Hell. I would have been fine with Anya Taylor Joy winning just because I love her. I've, I haven't seen Emma, but I but, love but we her. love he, we at this podcast are Anya Taylor Joy stands. But she already she already she won for the the, uh, the Queen's Gambit. Gotcha. She won TV show. Okay. Uh, we aren't going to talk about any of the TV ones. Just if we you, were, if you were excited for that, don't be. Best actor. It's not a surprise. That Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen. Cohen yeah, for he's doing Borat, the, the Borat comedy thing. in a in a musical. I I maybe would have liked to have seen them give it to Andy Samberg. Palm Springs was really cute. I, I really loved fine Palm with Dan Patel. I thought he was great. Yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda is a good actor and gives a good performance. But again, Hamilton is not a movie. Not so. A film. He already he already was nominated for it. I guess he didn't win the Tony. He has now lost a Golden Globe and a Tony for the same performance. James Corden can go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, listener of the show, James Corden? Fuck you. The best supporting actress was a Jodie Foster for the movie I can't pronounce. Cool. Best uh, supporting actor, motion picture, Daniel Kaluuya, our man. Fuck yes. I am so happy. I am so happy he won. He gives... <laughs> One of the best performances of the last several years. That he makes me fantastic. that makes me very excited for the Oscars because I think him, I think he was nominated. I don't think he won for Get Out. Well, obviously he didn't win, but I think he was nominated, and that that that's kind of an egregious oversight in my opinion. So I think, uh, yeah, I think this bodes really well for him uh, come the Oscars. Best director Chloe, Chloe Zhao. No matter. Yeah, Lee. honestly, she structures it really well. She she got these real people to act in the movie. They're all doing fantastic mm-hmm. work. I think uh, I just want to give a shout out to Regina King. One Night in Miami, I thought was fantastic. It's it's it is directed like a play, but I think most movies that are based on plays have a problem blocking it just like the play. But she does it in a way that makes it compelling. Like like I, I don't know. It's uh. She, she, she works with the, the source material she's given. She does a great job. So I, I would have liked to have seen it go to her, but obviously Chloe Zhao did a fantastic job in Nomadland. I'm, so. I'm very, very excited to see what she does with Eternals. I say that every time. I exactly, but I am excited. She's, I think uh, she's going to do I a read, great job. I read earlier that she approached the studio wanting to direct it. Hmm. She pitched it to them. She was a frontrunner to direct Black Widow. They okay. chose someone else, and then she came to them. She, she was, was like, like, can yeah. I direct this? And she had a great pitch, She was like, apparently. by the way, I've got this idea. So, I'm, like, I, she, I'm, so it's, it's not a director for hire. Kind of a pass, passion project, in a, sort of, in a so way. So hopefully, okay. hopefully we're going to get some good stuff. I'm excited. Uh, Best screenplay. Obviously. Aaron, Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin. Yeah. Cool. Everyone knows he's a great writer. Uh, uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. The screenplay's great. So I am I'm excited he won that. Yeah, I, I'm, I have no problem with all that. Of, all of these other ones, obviously. Um, I'm surprised... Uh, Nomadland was even nominated. That doesn't seem very... I, I guess there are scripted elements, but most of the interviews and stuff seem just kind of... Yeah, I, I, I would not have personally nominated that for screenplay. It's kind of like uh, the Oscars nominating 1917 for screenplay. I would have maybe given... Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the screenplay is like the story I, of the film so. and everything. But I maybe would have given it to Minari. 
the nomination. Yeah. That screenplay is really, yeah. really like touching. Been, I think that would have been totally fair. But yeah, uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven, solid win. Best animated, obviously. Soul. It's soul. Uh, Soul's fantastic. What else was it gonna be? I've heard Wolf Walkers is fantastic, but they weren't gonna give it to Wolf. Walkers. I've heard Over the Moon is okay. Um, onward, fine. The Crude's a New Age. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> um, uh, best foreign language picture, Minari, obviously. Obviously, uh, I am. I want to see another round because I love my boy Mads Mikkelsen. We'll, we'll get we'll get to Mads Mikkelsen here in a little bit, but uh, yeah, I've I've heard he's uh, I've heard he's really good in that. Uh, best score, uh, uh, John uh, Batiste. Atticus Ross and, and Trent, Trent Reznor for Soul. Hell yeah. Soul's the, a great... Honestly, I think the Soul wins are the two that I think are locked. I think those will carry in over to the Oscars. I think it's pretty a shoe-in for animated and score. I was under the mistaken impression uh, when they announced this that Minari was nominated for score. It wasn't, which is bullshit. That's, that's a travesty. Yeah, it should have been nominated. It probably should have won, but I'm fine with Soul winning. I love Soul. Hmm. I'm I'm mad it didn't get nominated though. Yeah, the score in Minari is kinda, fantastic. That's kind of fucked up. Um, Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor got nominated also for Mank, so huh. they're uh, good for them. They're they're uh, I mean, cleaning up. Their work with Fincher. I mean, the Social Network. No, score. obviously the score. No, obviously they're uh, they did the score for um, uh, Watchmen, the show a few oh, years nice. ago. That score is really incredible. Um, I think last one we're mentioning here is uh, best original song. I haven't heard it. Uh, I love all the other ones that got nominated. I've either seen or heard of those movies, and then the life of the life ahead. Uh, I haven't even heard of it. Now we got to talk about the 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 main category winners, the best picture. Oh yeah, I totally yeah. For, I totally <laughs> forgot we skipped those. Whoops. Best picture musical or comedy? It was Borat. Borat subsequent, subsequent movie film. Movie film. Um, I still need to catch up on the Borats, unfortunately. I, I mean, out of these. It was between that and Palm Springs. Palm Springs is probably, I, I don't know, I think it would have been nice to see Palm Springs get it, like uh, this little, I mean obviously it stars like very famous people, but like this little underdog like indie comedy would, and it would have been nice to see it. Music got nominated. I just want to, I just want everyone to remember that. I've mentioned it before, but music got nominated for fucking best picture musical or comedy. Also, Hamilton's not a movie. Fuck the Golden Globes. <laughs> no prom, fuck you. Uh, Nomadland won uh, best, best picture, picture drama. drama. I'm happy. Cool. I I'm happy with I don't it. really have anything against that. Um, out of out of the 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 two nominees that I've seen in that category, it's the best one. Also the same between that and Chicago Seven. I do think it is the better film. Yeah, I I loved it. Yeah. So I'm very very happy. At one. All, all in all, I, I think this was a a solid. Uh, Solid selection of winners. I don't. I don't think there were any that like made me like egregiously upset or anything. Like all of these seem pretty well deserved. Yeah. Good for you, Golden Globes. You did one good thing right. Good job, guys. Good job, Hollywood foreign press listeners of the show. <laughs> anything else? Uh, anything else on that? No. Do we want to move no. on? Uh, let's move on to our first film. Sorry, I'm sniffling a little bit over here. I don't know if it's allergies or something. My apologies. Um, you <laughs> just gave me like the, the dead-eyed stare. Like you better not be sniffling in my apartment. <laughs> like damn, all right. If I, if I have to edit out your fucking <laughs> sniffling noises, I'm gonna lose my goddamn shit. <laughs> so the first film we saw, the first new film, was the new Disney animation Raya and the Last Dragon. Yes, it was. Uh, pretty. 
I guess not hotly anticipated by us. We were we're guilty, I think, of talking a little shit on it in uh in previous episodes. But obviously, anytime Disney's coming out with something new from their uh animation department, I think it's usually worth seeing. Um, yeah. What are your uh, initial takes, thoughts? Yeah, I was not anticipating it simply because the trailer made it look like another Disney animation. Yeah. After leaving it, it is another Disney animation. For sure. Well executed. But it's a really solid Disney animation. Well executed. Uh, real quick, uh, full spoilers for uh, Raya and Chaos Walking. Yeah. I just want to say that right here. You want to give us a, a plot synopsis? Sure. So Raya and the Last Dragon concerns uh, Raya. She's the daughter of the chief of the uh, Heart Village. And she talks. they talk about how... Um, uh, back in the day, there were a bunch of dragons everywhere. They brought water and peace and harmony. You know, they were running around and doing stuff. Then uh, the what are they called? The, uh, the the purple the purple blobs, like the Droon or something like that. Uh, they show up and they kind of wreck everything. And they're, they're turning people to stone and stuff. So the dragons sacrifice themselves uh, to save everyone. They create the dragon stone. Uh, now Raya's, like, family is, like, the protector of the stone, and all the new tribes that formed when, like, the world split are, like, coming after the stone. And then the drune, the stone breaks, the drune show up. I'm sorry, now that I'm explaining this, I'm realizing just how insane this plot is. Okay, so the stone breaks, and then the drune show back up, turn mostly everyone back into stone. So the, there's a six-year time jump. Raya's all grown up now, and she's trying to reassemble the dragon stone. Uh, but first to do this, she has to resurrect, uh, the titular last dragon, or not resurrect, I guess, but the, the last dragon, uh, uh, Sisu, uh, voiced by Aquafina. um, and they go on an adventure to, like, recollect this, uh, stone and, uh, save the world, restore balance, as it were. Yeah, it does sound insane. Yeah, like, now that I'm actually saying it out loud, I'm like, oh, wait, hang on, this is, uh, this is way more complicated than I thought. Yeah, sorry if that didn't make any sense, um... Let's start with the good here. Yeah. Let's start with the good. Looks gorgeous. I don't I don't know what deal with what demonic entity the Disney an- animators made, but just like wow, there are there are a number of shots in this movie that if it was just like still, I could have mistaken that for like a picture or something. There's a scene early on when she falls into uh like rapids moving yeah. water. Yeah. It looks oh, stellar. Water animation Incredible. has come so far. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's parts where like the hair is flowing, and but not even the animation, like like not even just the animation. Like I think like the cinematography, just the, with the design of the yeah. world and like oh, the yeah. way everything works and everything, and like I just think the look and the culture is really cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's based mostly on like Southeast Asian, mm-hmm. like Malaysia. Um, it takes those cultures and, yeah. and makes this very unique world. One thing that, speaking of which, one thing that really stuck out to me is I feel like in most Disney animated films, the world that the characters inhabit, they're just like, they slap a fantasy name on it and it's just kind of, I don't want to say generic, but you don't really get like mm-hmm. a look at how the world works. I think this movie does a really good job of its world building. Like mm-hmm. each tribe you visit uh, is like a part of the Dragon River that like splits up. So you have a... Uh, I think it's heart. That's where Raya's from. Uh, fang, spine, talon, and tail. I think, mm-hmm. and they're all like different locations. Like they all like serve different purposes. I just, I don't know. I thought the, I thought the attention to the world building in this movie was was really neat. Yeah, another positive. The 
action sequences and fight choreography is pretty good. My only issue with the fight choreography is, is it's the same two people fighting pretty much for the whole movie. That other than, like, the dad fighting in the beginning and everything. That is um, true. Other than that, you're absolutely right. Like, I'm, I, I don't really know a lot about, like, the behind the scenes or anything. But there's an energy to it. Yeah, well, what I was going to say was I don't know if, um, if they, like, had, like, people in like ping pong suits like fighting mm. and then like animated over it. I think so. It kind of reads like that. Like the like the movements are very fluid and very natural and stuff. It and almost feels like what they did with uh, the last season of, of Clone Wars. Yeah. With how they choreographed the Darth Maul fight. Yeah. No, the, the action in it is pretty stellar. Um, I think the performances pretty much across the board are really solid. I know you weren't a big fan of... Uh, uh, Aquafina, but we we can get into that when we're talking about it, negatives and it stuff. It wasn't it wasn't down to her; it was more down to the writing. That's fair. But, that's fair. Um, but I thought that uh, Kelly Marie Tran did a great job. She's great. I'm glad that Disney gave her. Yeah, Disney Disney some, did her something. a solid after she got shafted in Rise of Skywalker. I thought Daniel Day Kim was good as the mm-hmm. father. Uh, Benedict Wong, Gemma Gemma Chan, Gemma Chan. is uh, Namari, the quote unquote villain of the film. Um, She's good too. I think Sandra O. Oh? Plays her mother. Sandra Oz. Yeah, no, the cast is really stacked, and everyone. I, I don't. I don't really recall the last time I watched a Disney animated movie where, with like a bad performance. Like usually, all the voice actors uh, in it are really good, and this is no exception. Yeah, yeah, the performances are are great. Mm-hmm. The um, <laughs> real quick, I just want to mention a standout for me. I thought that fucking baby was hilarious. I was I was neutral on the baby. Every time the baby did anything, I was I was laughing my I th- ass I off. I thought it. I thought I was gonna hate it. I didn't hate it. I also didn't I particularly thought, love it. I thought the baby was very fun. <laughs> um, I thought that the filmmakers, um, the people who directed it, Don Hall and um, Carlos Lopez Estrada, they what else have they, they done? Do, Don Hall did Big Hero Six. Okay, a movie I really and like. Carlos Lopez Estrada did Blind Spotting. Oh, oh shit! Wait, what? Yeah, like yeah, the Divi Diggs. Huh. Which, if you haven't seen Blind Spotting, it's a, oh, it's, it's a perfect it's, it's a perfect film. Terrific! It's fantastic. Um, um, but they do a good job of taking pieces that are familiar, a lot of pieces, most of the pieces in this film you have seen before yeah, in animated exactly. movies, and making it. Relatively fresh. It's stuff you've seen in other Disney movies before. Yes. My they make it relatively unique. It's new enough. It's yeah, it's different enough to where it you can still be like compelled and there's still like an element of like, where is this going? Um I think my biggest issue, if we're getting into like the negatives of it, is it feels a little Moana light to mm. me. That like that was a thought I couldn't shake like the whole time if we're talking about like familiar elements and things um but like you also said i just feel like some of the plotting is a little it's familiar you know it's it's it doesn't exactly break the wheel or anything but it doesn't also really need to you know what i mean i saw everything come yeah exactly it, it you, never it never surprised there's me there's no there's no surprises in um, the whole time i was just like so Namari uh, double crosses Raya like a couple times in the film and she shoots the dragon with a crossbow yeah. and the whole time at the end when she like comes and saves them I'm like I'm like bitch you shot that dragon like get the fuck out of like what are you doing like yeah. she's like I'm a good guy now and I'm like no you are not this is all your fault to be fair I think Raya had a part in that I don't know if she would have yeah. shot if I guess they make it vague enough. There. I guess, yeah. but still, Namari was a, Namari was definitely not helping. 
But she saved the world at the end. I guess. She helped save the world. I guess. That scene was good. (laughs) That that is a really good scene. Uh, Another really great moment of animation when they all turn to stone. There's like that moment, I think like the rain like falls on Raya when she's stoned and like it rolls off of her and shit. I don't know. It was like, it's like a really like, it's not a very like extravagant shot, but that stuck out to me. I was like, oh, that looks real. Like It looks great. The movie looks great. Yeah. Um... That is something no one can ever say bad about it, is the way it looks. Nope. But it, is, it is terrific to look at. Very pretty. My problems lie with the writing. Yeah, I think that's I where, think, that's where a lot of the issues come in. I think it's weaker in the first half than the second. It, it does get better, I think, it, as it, it goes on. It gets better as it goes. Once they kind of get going on the journey and everything, I think it starts to like pick up a little bit. Like It starts, and it's, it's, a, it's very... Ex, not exposition, but... There's a lot of scenes in the beginning that are like to get you set up and everything, and to get you going once... I mean, I honestly think once Aquafina shows up and like they actually start, you know, moving towards their goal, that's when the movie starts going. Gets all right, going all right a little I got to talk about the dragon. Yeah, the fucking dragon, the last dragon. By the end, I enjoyed the dragon. For yes. the first half hour, I hated the goddamn dragon. I just think Aquafina is really charming and really likable. She's charming enough, but the dialogue they're giving her is just is just bad. I didn't see. I think it was. I think it mostly was just her improvising because it's a lot of like. Okay, then I do blame Aquafina. All right, that's that's fair. Uh, <laughs> She would walk into a house and say, look at this guy's digs. And I'm like, I just don't... <laughs> it just doesn't fit. Uh, I, I guess, yeah. Um, See, I, I, I don't know. I guess I was expecting, since it's Aquafina, I was expecting her to be like a little more like sarcastic and like kind of... Not, not mean-spirited, but like, I don't know, just the way the character was written to be a little more like naive and kind of doe-eyed and kind of... I don't know. I, I, I thought there was something really endearing and something really charming about that. Uh, I don't know. The, when she... Her dramatic scenes worked a lot better for me than... than no, absolutely. Movie. I think uh, when... That's when the character really shines. Yeah. Is when, is in the, uh, I think every character, honestly. Like, like Raya has a lot of like serious, dramatic moments. And I think that's where that character really mm-hmm. comes out and steps forward. What I will say, and another thing that bothered me... When you, when you make a universe with this much lore, holy shit, there's a lot of exposition in this movie. Yeah, that's what, right. I, was, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, there's uh, a lot of scenes. Early on, early on. I mean, at the beginning, they have a Lord of the Rings-style recap of the world. And yeah. I was like, okay, they need it to establish. And then five minutes later, there's a scene with with Raya and... Um, what's her name? Namari. Namari. And... She just pulls out a map of yeah. more information five minutes after we've gotten a big lord. I, th- I, I think I don't think it's that. I think it's that we get the exposition scene and then we get a flashback that's also exposition yeah. for the plot that's actually going to happen. We, yeah. we get like it's kind of like a fake out exposition. The first twenty minutes are just exposition. But it's like, but I think the lore and the world is compelling enough that I'm not bored. I'm just a little over. Like let's like let's dial it back let's a little. Dial bit. it back. But I think you also find out a lot of cool stuff about the world. Like like once you go to each town and kind of see how they all like function and work and stuff. I think there is a lot more like visual like show don't tell sort of stuff. I also personal pet peeve bothers me. There's the opening voiceover. I was like, okay, I can do this in the opening. And then a couple of scenes later, there's another voiceover, and then they never do it again. <laughs> And that personally bothers me when when you make yeah, it when so it, like you're just explaining information early and then you never use it again. It just fair. feels like a and, way to dump information. Yeah, it's not used as like an intentional right. Like it's just to, um, they but, couldn't find a way to make it happen in the dialogue. So, but as the movie ended, I walked away saying this is a fun Disney movie. Yeah, kids will love it. I think the themes are really like the themes like are it's good. it's a good message for kids like about trust and, the and all are that. Good. I, it feels 
like a film that I'm not going to particularly remember. It's not going to be no. a. It's not upper echelon Disney but, film. But or anything. if someone was like, "Hey, I'm going to throw on Raya and the Last Dragon," yeah. I would. Yeah, I'd watch the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really, really solid. Do we want to? Do we want to go ahead and score it? Uh, get one in. We can score it. Yeah. Right. Uh, what, what What are you feeling, Kyle? For For a lot of it, I was at a six and a half. Okay. By the end, I. I appreciated the morals mm-hmm. i i loved the animation and i walked away real quick sorry i just want to mention it i don't mean to cut you off but i just want to make sure i get it and the fucking sword is so goddamn cool it's like a final fantasy the, uh it, it reminded me of scorpion yeah uh, the fucking the yeah get over here sure. said, yeah no, I, just, I thought that was really cool i just I wanted to mention it. that so i was at a six and a half for a lot of it by the end i'm like a light seven okay i appreciate it it's not going to be one I particularly remember, but yeah. it is it is a good, solid Disney film. I'm feeling a really strong seven and a half. I yeah. think I liked it a little bit more than you did. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with it. I think it's it's one I see myself revisiting like every so often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really solid, uh, really solid work from Disney. Uh, do we want to talk about our uh, our next film Let's that we talk- actually just saw? We are coming just from the theater after seeing Chaos Walking, and folks, I think I, I need to offer uh, an apology. To Doug Lyman, Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley, the cast and crew. I believe on our very first podcast I said that this was my least anticipated movie of the year. I am shocked and appalled to report that this movie didn't suck. In fact, I, I think we both kind of liked it. I, I have no words. Okay, so the plot... <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. Uh, do a, a quick plot synopsis real quick. So the plot of Chaos Walking, it takes place on an alien planet. It's called New World, it's I think. It's called New World. And the conceit is that all the men, as soon as they landed on this planet, they were they were overcome by something called the noise. Some, I, it's never really explained, but I guess it's something like in the atmosphere, like. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. And basically, it's it's almost a thought bubble around mm-hmm. their head constantly that is that is broadcasting their thoughts like to every everybody else. But it only affected the men. Not the women. And only the men can see other... Well, no, the women can see other thoughts, but the men can't but the, see... But the men cannot thoughts. see the women's thoughts. And and there's an alien race on this planet. They end up wiping out all the women, which leaves only the men. And and then we follow Tom Holland's character. Todd Hewitt? Todd it? Hewitt. And he is thrown into a situation when, when a spaceship... Crash lands on the planet, and yeah. there is a woman in it, played by Daisy Ridley, uh, Viola. First woman he's ever seen in his life. Yes. So Viola lands on this planet, uh, and he has to basically uh, keep her safe mm-hmm. from from the the dangerous people that are, that are that, coming that after. Are, are we are, after the synopsis? Are we good to get into spoilers now? We we can get into spoilers. All right. So the, the villain, the villain played by Mads Mikkelsen, turns, and the secondary villain played uh, by David, David Oyelowo. Uh, turns out they killed all the women. Uh, yeah, not, so not the aliens, actually. It's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we just lied to you. <laughs> um, but that's that's like the big like twist in the uh, towards the end of the third act or the end of the second act. Okay. Yeah, w- what Jordan said at the beginning is stands for me. I expected to hate this movie. Mm-hmm. It had all the telltale signs of a failure. It had it, it, it development hell. Uh, delayed for years, reshot. Mm-hmm. This has been kept on been kept on ice for just for way too long. I think this was shot in like 2017. 2017, and yeah. then the reshoots were two years later in 2019. I was like, this is like a new mutant. Situation. It's a budget yeah. of like a hundred million, which is a lot of money to dump in a movie you're not going to release for four years. I liked this movie. I thought it was good. 
I liked this movie. I have no idea why the reaction to it has been so negative. It's got like a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. 24%, 2.6 on Letterboxd right now. I I thought it was, for a, for like a YA sci-fi franchise starter, I've seen worse. A lot worse. Yeah. I've seen a lot worse. <laughs> this movie, it moved mm-hmm. well. It's well paced. The cast is good. I think this movie is carried squarely on the backs of a really likable cast giving it their all and a, and a competent filmmaker. Doug Liman. Yeah. I think if anyone else had directed this, it would have been the movie people are saying it is. Yeah. Yeah. The cast is supremely likable. Obviously, Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley they are have, two of they, the best young stars working right now. They have great chemistry. They do. Like they're really they're really terrific in it. Uh Mads Mikkelsen and David Oyelowo are really creepy, intimidating villains. Uh Mads Mikkelsen is like kind of starts as more of like a father figure and a mentor to Tom Holland, but then as you kind of find out more about him. Mm-hmm. Like like that's that's what just surprises me about this movie. Like there's so much like there's a lot more like nuance to it than I was expecting. Like the, like you fi- like you find out more about this guy, and then you're like, oh there's wait, a, he's a bad dude. There's a lot more subtlety than I was expecting. Yeah, like uh, there's more effort just generally was put into this than I was like I completely expected this to be a train wreck. My worry going in was that it was just gonna be boring. Yeah, but, but it, it's not. I was reasonably compelled for most I, of it. I yeah. thought that the they use the concept of the noise, a very odd sci-fi mm-hmm. concept. They use it well. They uh. So Mads Mikkelsen is really the only one besides uh, Demi and Bashir, one of Tom Holland's two gay dads. Uh, Mads, Mikkelsen, <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen's really the only one who can like do stuff with yeah. the noise. So they like he can like manifest like illusions and shit. So they have a scene that's very like not quite as like out there, but it's it's similar to like the Mysterio scene from. Far from home, where he keeps faking it, Tom Holland out and shit, and he keeps thinking he's there and stuff. He's kicking the shit out of him. Yeah, it's a, it's a concept where, like, if you can focus hard enough on a on a fake thought, yeah, then you, you can, can like trick you can people. generate it. Yeah, that that's cool. That's uh, weird sci-fi kookiness. The fake out, like I mentioned with uh, Demi and Bashir, uh, one of the dads when he makes them think that Daisy Ridley is coming out. Uh, and then that turned out to be a fake. We were losing our shit, and we both were like, "Let's go!" It's a cool sci-fi world. It, I think the premise is interesting, and uh, it's really well executed. This is also coming from two people uh, who have not read the book. No, it might butcher the book. No, I I have no idea how it is as an adaptation. Yeah, but but as far as a film goes, yeah, it's solid. It's solid. It it's got some nice world building. It's got some nice character building. They're not the deepest characters. No, in the but world, they're but like they're not like. But they're relatively compelling. They're they're compelling and interesting enough to keep you. Yeah. Like, interested in the film. Yeah. Um, David Oyelowo really drowns that dog, huh? Jesus Christ. A lot of animal cruelty. <laughs> yeah. There's several a, horses Several died. horses died. <laughs> yeah. I just... I, I don't know... I, I get. I don't know if that was like an intentional thing, but I just remember leaning over to you at one point and just being like, a lot of fucking animals are dying, huh? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Um... <laughs> but other than that, I guess, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the, very The design of the alien in that one scene Yeah, it's, cool. the aliens are used very sparingly. You only see it in that one scene, like, very quick cuts. So, like, the CGI for the alien and the whole movie isn't, like, stellar, but it's also not terrible. So yeah. they do a good job at hiding the flaws by, yeah. like, uh, obscuring it with the way, like, that scene is shot. I don't even know what to say because I'm I'm so surprised I enjoyed the I'm film. Genuinely shocked that this was not a complete disaster. Um, I'm I'm really sad that this is probably never going to get a sequel. Yeah, unfortunately, prob- probably not because I would watch. The I shit would out I would watch the shit out of a sequel. In, in, ter- oh, yeah. in terms of young adult 
films. I, I put this right up there with the Maze Runner films. Yeah, I as, think this... as a very propulsive, very energetic young adult film. Yeah, no, it's uh, with a with a cool sci-fi premise. Solid as hell. I I genuinely, genuinely surprised. Early contender for the. Uh, for the Covenant surprise, it didn't suck. Award shocked, it did not suck. Absolutely flabbergasted. I was walking in like this is gonna be like a four out of ten. Yeah, this for is sure. gonna suck ass. Well, speaking of scores, do we wanna? You wanna score the puppy? Go ahead and throw it up there. I'm I'm feeling like a like a strong six and a half. It didn't like blow my mind or anything. I'd say my biggest uh, issue with it is honestly the same issue that I have with Raya, in that like the the plotting is just a little familiar and like. I don't know. There, there's some cool twists and turns here and there, but ultimately it never really surprised me. It never really blew my mind. The only surprise I had was that it was, you know, good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I thought it was a, it's a solid little sci-fi flick. I'm genuinely feeling like a light seven. Hell yeah. Excellent. I'm really glad you. Well, we, bo- we both enjoyed this. I'm genuinely shocked the... The Rotten Tomato score is way too low. Yeah, the people are being... I, you know what I think it is? I think most people have read the books... Maybe. And maybe they're rating it, like, as an adaptation. Mm-hmm. And I think just seeing it with, like, completely, you know, sure. like, non-biased eyes, it, uh, we're probably a little more favorable to it. But, yeah, I had, a, I had a really good time with it. I had a good time. I thought that it was a surprise. If, if you are looking for a fun young adult film, go yeah. see it. It was nice to go out back to a theater. That was, yeah. that was cool. Yeah, it was. Um, damn, no, I guess that's the show. Holy shit. Did we do it? <laughs> We did it, guys. Um, do we want to tell the people where they can find us on social media? Sure. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Cinema Shakedown. You can also follow us on Instagram at Cinema Shakedown. And you can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K-R-I-E-G-H-B-A-U-M. And you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Fatman99 and also on Letterboxd at Jordan Dennis. My name. Your name. Uh, I guess that's it. We'll see you next week, guys.